on, this, on these Sundays during Ordinary Time, and this is the last Sunday of Ordinary Time till we start Lent this week, uh, our first readings are always taken from the Old Testament, and there's always a connection between the Gospel and the Old Testament reading. There's always a theme that matches up between those. So today's Gospel is the account of Jesus healing the man afflicted with leprosy. And so for our Old Testament reading, then, we have some of the Jewish laws pertaining to the treatment of the person who has leprosy. I think this is really helpful for us because it's a reminder when we look back at those, those Jew, mosaic, the Mosaic law or the Jewish laws, we're reminded that there are certain conditions that carry a special weight. And so this, we see that this particular condition, leprosy, was so feared and dreaded that it, made a per, it not only affected a person's health, but it also affected a person's relationship with God and their membership in the community. Because having leprosy would make someone unclean. And if someone is unclean, then they ha- they're excluded from community worship. They're excluded from the life of the community. They have to remain isolated. They can't even come into physical contact with another person because that would render that person then unclean. And they have to exclude themselves from the life of the community, at least for a period of time. So I think this helps us to understand the significance of what's happening here. We heard from that reading from Leviticus that the person who has leprosy, this would have been tremendously humiliating for the person so afflicted, is the person with leprosy, in order to avoid accidental contact by someone who's coming close to them, they have to cry out, unclean, unclean. But what do we see happen in the gospel today? This person who's afflicted with leprosy doesn't do what he's supposed to do, which is to stay back, yell out, unclean, unclean. But what does he do? He does something very taboo. He goes right up to Jesus and kneels in in front of him. He's not supposed to do that. He's not supposed to have be close to anybody. What Jesus does then is even more taboo. What does Jesus do then? He does what you're not supposed to do. He reaches out and touches the, the person with leprosy. He touches the unclean person. Now, according to the law, what's supposed to happen now? Jesus himself is supposed to be rendered unclean exclude himself from the life of the community, at least for a period of time. But what do we see instead? This unclean person, touched by Jesus, doesn't render Jesus unclean. Actually, the opposite happens. Jesus heals this person. We could say Jesus is so clean that he renders clean the unclean person who touches him. It's pretty amazing. It's, it's, it's like the cleanliness of Jesus 
is so much that that uncleanness doesn't have any effect on him whatsoever. He can, he can, Jesus cannot be made unclean. He can only make clean. This type of encounter happens a number of times in the Gospels, such that we, we have to pay attention to what God is trying to say to us. So, for example, we have the story of, of the hemorrhaging woman, the woman with the bleeding problem. Now, also according to the Jewish law, when a woman is, is in her menstrual period and so is losing blood, this is a condition that would make her temporarily unclean. So during that period of time, the woman has to stay away from the synagogue, stay away from worship in the community or even life, community life, exclude herself, isolate herself. What do we see in the story, story of the hemorrhaging woman? That poor woman who had been suffering for 12 years, imagine that, not just physical suffering, but really isolated for 12 years, decides that Jesus can heal her. So what does she do? She finds Jesus in the middle of a crowd, which she's definitely not supposed to go anywhere close to other people, especially not in a crowd where you bump into other people. Remember, Physical contact, if you're an unclean person, renders the person you touch unclean. But this woman, she goes up and touches Jesus. Again, what's supposed to happen in that situation? Jesus is supposed to be made unclean. But Jesus is so clean that he renders the woman clean. She's healed instantly of that terrible condition. Another really good example is, are, are the times when Jesus touches a dead person because a dead person is another object that's unclean and so you can't have physical contact, skin to skin, you, you can't touch with your own skin, the skin of the person who's dead or, or you're unclean temporarily. There's that story of the synagogue leader, Jairus, who finds Jesus, says, my, my little daughter, who's 12, is sick. Would you please come and heal her? So Jesus begins to go. This is actually when the hemorrhaging woman interrupts him. He has this interaction with her. She's healed. But the delay now means that the little girl dies before Jesus is able to get to her. So messengers come and say, Jesus, you don't need to bother. The little girl's already dead. Jesus says, I'm coming anyway. So Jesus goes to her house, goes right up to the bedside of the girl, and again, does something that nobody's supposed to do. Touches the dead body of this girl. But again, instead of Jesus being made unclean by coming into contact with that unclean person, he renders clean, and she is raised to life. So what is the Lord trying to communicate to us with not, not just all of these healings that happen in the gospel, but even this, this uh, making clean when, when someone is, is unclean, and he's supposed to be made unclean in the, in the process, which doesn't happen. What are we supposed to make of that? First, I, th- I think on a symbolic level, this is what the Lord is trying to tell us, that there's, there's no part of our history or of our story 
There's no sin that we can commit that, can, that makes us so dirty that Jesus cannot cleanse us. Over and over again, we see Jesus very simply, easily rendering clean the person who's unclean. There's no, no part of us that is too dirty for Jesus to render clean. I, I think immediately of the sacrament of reconciliation when I think about this. A person walks into the sac- to the, to confession having committed the worst possible sins. Think, think, we could think of the worst sin that somebody commits. Someone comes into the confessional, they confess their sin, have, make an act of sorrow, and they receive absolution from the priest. It's Jesus who is absolving them from that sin. They walk out of the confession white as snow. The sin is gone. Even in God's eyes, the sin doesn't exist anymore. They've been rendered clean. Sometimes we might think that I have a sin that's, that's so grave that like, if I even bring it to Jesus, I'm going to dirty him up. Well, we see in the gospel over and over again, impossible. There's nothing that we can do. There's no part of us, of our history, of the human heart, that's so depraved that Jesus cannot remedy that. So simply, so easily. It's so easy for Jesus. He's so clean. He's never going to be made unclean. He can only make clean. It's a reminder for us that we have to be like the person with leprosy who boldly goes right up to Jesus. Just go right up to him. The hemorrhaging woman. She's supposed to be at home. She's been at home for 12 years. She's tired of that. Wants healing. Goes right up to Jesus. We, should, we must always bring the unclean parts of our life and of our heart to Jesus with confidence that he will cleanse us and restore us to relationship with God and relationship with God's people. I think that's the first thing that we have to take from all of these gospel passages The second thing, we see Jesus in the Gospels constantly reaching out to the people who nobody else reaches out to. He's constantly reaching out to the person who there doesn't seem to be any hope for. Leprosy is a terminal illness. That person's never going to recover from that. This hemorrhaging woman, she's been suffering with it for 12 years. Person, the, dead, the dead person. Not very often do people recover from, from death. All of these people in a hopeless situation, lost. Who's Jesus looking for constantly in the gospel? Those people. The people that nobody else is reaching out to. So we have to ask ourselves, if, if the church, which is the body of Christ, if our sole mission on this earth is to continue the work of Christ on earth, his mission of healing and saving, these are the people we have to be reaching out to. Who are the people, who are the people in Glencoe who nobody else is reaching out to? Who are the people in Silver Lake or Hutchinson 
or Norwood Young America? Who are the people that nobody else is reaching out to? Those are the people that Jesus wants us to reach out to because they're the people who he reached out to. So today at this Mass, there's a lot that we can bring to the Lord in prayer. First of all, we can ask for the courage and the boldness that we need to bring our parts of our heart that are unclean to the Lord, uh, especially our sins that have gone unreconciled. Also, to let's be mindful of those people whom God is putting into our life in different ways, people who nobody else is reaching out to. There's a call there. It's the call of Jesus to, to continue his work of healing, saving, reconciling. May that be our work as his body here on earth too.